0: Section one hundred and three of Loss of the Sultana by Chester D. Berry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section one hundred and three. Peter Roselow I was born in France october twenty eighth eighteen forty nine and enlisted in the service of the United States october sixth eighteen sixty two at Maurytown, Highland County, Ohio, in Company E fiftieth ohio volunteer infantry and took to the field almost as soon as we reached camp denison ohio and participated in all the marches and battles of the regiment including perryville and the atlanta campaign at atlanta was sent back to take care of hood and fell back until we reached franklin tennessee there i was captured on that bloody battlefield november thirtieth eighteen sixty four and taken in the front line together with seven others of my company and sixty-two of the regiment i was then taken back to columbia tennessee and guarded in the stone fort where i almost froze to death we eight had to lie under one blanket having lost all we had in the fight it was very cold about the time that the rebels got whipped at nashville they made us get out of the old stone fort in a hurry and marched us through mud, water, and rain to the Tennessee River, where they ferried us across in pontoon boats, then put us on the cars, and we went to Corinth and then to Meridian, Mississippi. They kept us there until after New Year's, and then we went to Selma, Alabama, where they put us in prison overnight and gave us hardtack for rations, the last we had until we reached our lines a few months later. The following morning we marched to Cahaba, Alabama, where they searched every one of us and turned us into the prison. There we stayed two days before we received any rations, and when we did get them there was not much, being a pint of cornmeal and a taste of meat. About this time I had to go out on the skirmish line every day, so as to keep our little friends from getting too numerous, else they would have carried us away. I refer to the faithful Greyback. So it went on until the mutiny, but I had no hand in that, had to do without rations for three days and pass inspection entirely naked before the rebels on account of it. Then all was well till the prison overflowed. I think it was on March 1st when we had to hunt a dry place to lie down in. I succeeded the first and second night but after that none was to be found. The rebels now took pity on us by taking us downtown to get cordwood and fix up a scaffold out of the water. That evening we were taken out again, put on board a steamboat, carried down the river some miles, loaded a boat full of cordwood, got extra rations, then returned to Cahaba and unloaded part of the wood. We then made ready to go back in the prison, but the order was countermanded. We slept on the boat that night and got some more extra rations. They tasted good on that dry boat. The morning followed we started for Selma, Alabama. They put us in a dry prison and the next week we were under parole of honor and when everything was in readiness marched us out of prison on board a train of cars and started us for meridian and jackson mississippi from here we marched on foot to big black river where we beheld the glorious stars and stripes once again we cheered and shouted until hoarse then we had a square meal of uncle sam's gruel and then marched across the bridge and bid farewell to rebeldom forever we were then marched within about five miles of Vicksburg, Mississippi, where we bunked in the parole camp. This was on March nineteenth eighteen sixty five. We were kept in parole camp till about april twenty fifth, on which date we were taken aboard the ill-fated Sultana, and on the second night after embarking, we arrived at Memphis, Tennessee. After unloading a cargo of sugar, we took on coal, then started and when about eight miles up the river the disaster took place i was lying with two comrades on the cabin floor forward between the stairway and the fore part of the boat was sound asleep but was suddenly awakened by the explosion after i had recovered from the first shock i climbed down on the lower deck by means of ropes and spikes to the front part of the boat for the stairway was blockaded and the upper deck or floor had fallen on it imagine if you can the scene that followed no pen or tongue can portray it imagine yourself in the midst of about two thousand souls all crowded on a steamboat torn to pieces by the explosion of her boiler in the dead of the night if i remember right all the after part of the deck was blown overboard and the forward part of the deck fell in how many were killed i cannot tell then in a few minutes the fire broke out and the boat was all ablaze i saw many men mangled some with arms and legs broken others scalded and screaming in their agony while others would be fighting over a piece of timber or plank and some crying or praying some jumping in the water to escape from the fire and drowning it was a scene i never care to witness again there were seven of our company on the boat and five of them perished if it had not been for the grace of god we too would have perished after i had got down on the lower deck i waited for a favorable opportunity to save myself after a large number of the men had made their escape or were drowned i watched for a clear space in the river for i was afraid someone would catch hold of me and i would share the fate of the others i jumped off into the river and swam away as fast as i could for a short distance then i took it slow for i had a mile or two to go i got hold of some pieces of plank tied together with a pair of suspenders doubtless the work of some poor fellow who had perished i put them under my left arm and steered with my right until i reached the timber where i expected to find dry land but was disappointed for the water was so deep that we could not touch the bottom with rails and poles i say we because there were others within speaking distance of me so we had to climb a sapling tree and roost there i was almost chilled to death if i had not held on to the sapling with one hand and rubbed myself briskly with the other i could not have survived after some time however i got warmed up and did the best i could to keep the mosquitoes from eating me up when the sun came up it warmed me and i waited patiently for help which did not come till about ten o'clock that morning when the first steamboat made its appearance it cheered up the poor boys and we shouted but it stopped way below us so did the second third and fourth but the fifth one the little picket boat came boldly up to where we were and sent out its boats and picked us all up we then started for memphis where i was taken to the soldiers home others were taken to private dwellings and some to the hospital where i was taken later as luck would have it here i met my comrade the only other one of the seven the others were all lost this was about april twenty seventh eighteen sixty five in a day or two we got some new clothing and blankets and then were taken aboard the Bell of st louis and steamed up to cairo illinois where we landed the next day late in the afternoon I COULD NOT REPRESS A SHOUT OF JOY WHEN I AGAIN SET MY FOOT ON LAND, FOR I WAS AFRAID OF BOATS AND WATER. FROM THERE I WENT TO CAMP CHASE, OHIO, AND WAS DISCHARGED ON MAY twentieth, 1865. OCCUPATION FARMING POST OFFICE ADDRESS MOWRYSTOWN, OHIO END OF SECTION 103